On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power Calls, I'm Susan Shereko, and welcome. Joining me today is Alexandra Mather. Alexandra was born at a time when Victorian values still held sway in very many homes, and they certainly did in hers. So Alexandra has written several books, among them, The Sea of Bread, Fishermen on the Isle of Wight, and What If? Let's find out more in our conversation. Please wave your hands to welcome Alexandra Mather. Hello, Alexandra, welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> Alexandra, What If is a memoir of your life? Why did, why did you feel it was important to write this book? I was trying to um, lay some ghosts of the past, if that makes sense, does it? Very simply. Yes. And well, it's, what, what were the ghosts that you felt you needed to lay to rest? Well, my childhood for a start, which was pretty, pretty awful. Um, also the death of my daughter and several other things over the years that I felt would be better if I wrote it down and then at least I got it out of the way. Yes? So you were looking for a therapeutic value in writing. That's right. It would, it would benefit you yes. to do it. Yes, it would, yes. Okay. Now you chose what I felt was an unusual way to start the book with a synopsis, um, not a table of contents. Uh, and it details all the major events in your life. Yes. What, what were you trying to communicate to your readers with that format? I'm not sure, actually, not sure. I just wanted to give a rough um, synopsis, you know, of what, um, what the book was about. And basically it is very much about your family. Um, what, can you tell us a bit about, you know, who made up your family? Oh dear, <laughs> my grandmother to begin with. My parents, um, they apparently moved next door, more or less the year I was born actually. <laughs> um, and I never knew why. And it was a question of anything that was, if they talked about anything, I was never part of it. I was never allowed to be part of it. It was a very strict upbringing where, you know, you never answered back. You never gave an opinion at all. You had to listen, but you never gave an opinion. And anything I wanted to know, nobody would tell me. Interesting that it was that closed in terms of conversation. One of the stories you tell I know your mom lived next door, but she would come over in emergencies. And you tell one story about having uh, been burned and yes, a, yes. Um, a curious event start came out of that. Your mom came over, you went to the doctor, but then your grandmother took you to the doctor every day to change bandages. Yes. What was that like? Well, it was at least a two mile walk. I was four years old when this happened. It was at least a, a two mile walk from the house, which was downhill and then up the other side, then down again and up again. 
um, it was quite traumatic actually, but the thing is my grandmother said I couldn't stay in the hospital, I had to come home with her. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. My, grandmother, <laughs> my mother wasn't allowed near me. Crazy. And you never knew why? No, no, I was never told anything, nothing. So, and was this a time when hospitals were not considered safe places to be? I knew nope. my grandmother grew up in that time. No, 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 definitely not. No, it was fine. They wanted me to stay in for skin grafting, but they wouldn't, um, they just wouldn't do it. She just wouldn't do it. She was a very determined lady. I'll tell Interesting. you. <laughs> I bet she was. <laughs> now, was. Fast forward at six. At sixteen, you went away to school or went to school um, in Middlesex. That's right. You did very well, and you went on to university. But you decided to get into um, the hotel business. Yes. Um, what What wound up being significant significant about going into to uh, hotels? I personally think it was because. Um, I loved people and I wanted to mix with people and I knew I would mix with people, you know, if I was in hotels. I really did, you know, I, I was very happy when I was in hotels, yeah. It was hard. And work. you met somebody very special. Yes, I did. Yes, very special. Sure. <laughs> yes. He was extremely special, yes. <laughs> Tell us about him. Well, we met in Blackpool because he'd come to take his brother back to boarding school. Um, he'd come over from um, East Africa, actually. And his parents lived in London. And, you know, he'd come to take his brother back to school. Um, we met, you know, went out that evening, had a lovely meal and what have you. And he went he left the farm, well, he left that day, actually, and came back to London, and we talked on the phone for some time. Then on one occasion, he um, asked me to go away for the weekend, and I was all for going, and then I decided against it. <laughs> I chickened out, I'm afraid. I thought, no, I can't do this. <laughs> and um, anyway, he wasn't very happy. Um, well, I presume he wasn't very happy. Anyway, I didn't see him. I just told my landlady to tell him, you know, that I wasn't, I couldn't make it. Um, he travelled all the way to Chester, which is up in the northwest coast. <laughs> anyway, um, several months went by and eventually I rang him and it turned out his father's ship was docking in Liverpool. He was Greek, by the way. And um, mm -hmm. it was docking the following weekend so I went to see him and it's quite nice actually when I think about it now. We were sat talking till four o'clock in the morning in the car and he said well go and pack your case you're coming back to London with me and that was it we came to London and uh, then you know we were together for seven years after that. Oh wow. Yeah it was nice. Now did it was, yes. It was nice. Did you have any children? Yes, one. My son. One, mm -hmm. my son. A son, okay. Yeah. And um, 
you you were you continued to work um you there was something odd about your relationship with him uh and his parents they weren't very supportive of your relationship no, did weren't. that that caused the reason your relationship only lasted seven years? Yes, it was. They wanted him to marry a Greek girl and they kept uh, producing these Greek girls for him to see. And um, of course I wasn't Greek, I was English. And uh, all right, I was dark, quite dark skinned, but I was English and um, I didn't, didn't suit the bill, if you understand. What they, what they do actually, they try to um marry um you know such a greek shipping um person with with somebody from you know that sort of um thing keep it in the keep it in the country keep it in the family yes sorry i, I don't know what's happened to this mm -hmm. um now what happened with um you now, you're footloose and fancy free, you're working and you meet someone else in your life. Who is this? Um, this is Gareth, Gareth. And where, what is significant about Gareth? Just a moment, sorry, I'm, I've lost you. I'm so sorry, hold on. He was a hairdresser. I met him in Essex and mm -hmm. He, he was 10 years younger than me, um, but we got on very well. Um, anyway, what happened, we, um, we met on the, the night that the clocks went forward and we decided we would get married, but he decided to come down to Basingstoke. So I, I was still in, Essex at this point, he came down and got a house, etc. And I followed him um, down here. And, um, you know, that that was the beginning of the rest of well, 35 years with Ivor. Really, that's a long time. It was actually it was a long, long time. A long, long time. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I'm approaching my 35th wedding anniversary this year, as a matter of fact. Lovely. It is a long time, <laughs> a long and it time. and it, a whole life unfolds when you're with someone that long. Yes. Did you have children with him? Yes, yes, I had a daughter. Unfortunately, um, three months later, she died. Um, oh. She, I'd been sent to hospital because I had a, a a terrible thing with my arm. I went to the A and E, and the the doctor gave me a, a, a sling. Uh, I went back a couple of days later and he put a collar on my neck. Went back again a few days later and uh, <coughs> the, um, this young doctor actually looked in my throat and he said I had a terrible infection and I'd got to um, come in because my throat was closing basically and he, you know, he said, if you don't come in, I'm afraid, you know, I can't be responsible for you. So I had to go into the hospital. Um, 
the following morning, I went in, in the evening, uh, I was arguing with him, you know, I, I can't come in, I've got a little young baby. So, well, you can't bring the baby in, you know, because it's, um, you know, she's, she's young and uh, she could get the infection. Anyway, I, I went in and uh, the following morning, Gareth came in and told me my daughter was dead, which, <sighs> yes, wasn't very nice at all. It was awful. <coughs> um, I don't really know how, I don't know what's wrong with it. Hello? Mm. I don't I'm know here. Yeah, are you there? You didn't know what was wrong with it? No, 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 no. No, obviously there was a post-mortem. Um, I mean, she was perfectly healthy when I went in the hospital, but that night she died. Um, from this, uh, eventually I set up a group. Um, I mean, in the book, actually, I, I tell about what happened with, um, you know, my being in hospital and coming out and it was just so traumatic. It really was. Uh, and that would be, yeah. Yeah, it really was. But I set up a group after this um, to help mothers who'd lost their babies. And uh, it was good, actually. We had um, meetings every week and well, I'd supply them with tea and coffee and what have you. And uh, anyway, this went on for four years. Did you go on and have more children? Yes, I had another daughter. Um, and she was born by cesarean in 82. Uh, when she was born, I was absolutely petrified, <laughs> to be honest with you. I asked for a, an apnea alarm, which I got, uh, which is a special alarm that you put on babies. And... Um, the, uh, the hospital let me have one. And uh, she, she grew up, I mean, she was very, very attractive. She was a lovely girl, she really was. And unfortunately, when she was seven, she woke up with terrible pains in her leg. And this went on for three, three days. I was, ch you know, chasing back and forth to the doctor. And uh, anyway, the first time I took her, it was a question of, oh, she's, she's having nightmares. And I, I couldn't believe this. You know, she just wasn't that sort of child. Anyway, the second night, it was a question <laughs> of growing pains. And the third doctor I saw listened to me. And uh, eventually, because I knew a, a consultant at the hospital, uh, she got her in for an MRI scan and, and a biopsy. And it turned out to be Hodgkin's, mm. which she had seven months terrible chemotherapy. But she was very, very brave, very brave, very brave. Have you used to catch her on the Monday morning uh, when I was at the hospital? I would talk to her um, and you know tell her where we were going, and uh, I'd find her sat with the doctor asking him all about her treatment. <laughs> You know, she made a great friend. She <laughs> really did, honestly. She was only seven and she used to ask him all about it. She was a very tough little girl, really. She, when she was, she obviously, she lost her hair. Um, and we were asked by the school how, uh, how, you know, I wanted her treated. And I said, as you treat anybody, just as a normal a student. 
Anyway, she used to wear these little caps, these little Kylie caps. And one day, because she'd been teased about the fact that she had to wear this cap, she stood up in the middle of assembly, took it off and put it back on again and sat down. <laughs> well, the teachers, um, one of them had to, had to leave the room. She was crying, you know. Um, but uh, my dear daughter was there. Um, just <laughs> you, well, it was the best thing for her, actually. Uh, I mean, I used to bring her home. Now she night. survived, obviously, yes. Oh, she did, yes. She did survive, yes. But I used to bring her home at lunchtime. She's still, she's, yeah, she is your... She's still actively involved in your life, right? Uh, no, she isn't actually, because she she, uh, oh, she met somebody in 2015, and she moved away. And uh, I mean, I hope they're happy. To be honest, I really do. I hope they're happy. Yeah, well, but I don't hear from her. But you miss her. Oh yes, I do miss her definitely. Miss her terribly. Of course, I do. Mm. You know, it, you mentioned something just in passing when we first started the interview today about, um, you know, the ghosts of your past. Yes. And one of the things that came up in our conversation when we first met mm. was genealogy, that there was some, that you wanted to know more. So many yes. things had happened to you and, and you yes. couldn't really understand them. And she, you thought some background would be of help. Was that successful? Did you learn things that you were yes. of value to you? Well, yes, it was actually. I found out that apparently I've got, um, I did my DNA um, for a site and um, they came back with the fact that I'm partly Irish, partly English, partly uh, Norwegian, obviously, because of the Vikings. And also the fact that my my line goes right up as far as Russia. So in the past, now, yes, did that it, explain anything? <laughs> it could do actually. It could explain a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really could explain quite a lot. Yes, when I think of my grandmother, it could. Yes, definitely. Now, <laughs> oh, you used. You used the 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 a, a funny word. Now, what was it? Um, oh, your dad's war records. They listed him as having a special blood group. Did yes. anyone ever explain what that was to you? Uh, yes, it was a negative, and he used to attend. Um, ah, okay. The, you know, the blood transfusion service. They would call him. They'd call him sometimes late at night, and he'd be rushing off somewhere. Yes, definitely. Mm. yes such an unusual blood type yes it was. i can understand that yes. um yep i'm i'm a big genealogist i love doing it as a hobby and so i'm always fascinated to hear when other people have spent yes. some time yes. doing their dna and seeing it where it takes them yes it's yes. quite fascinating it is actually it's very good um yeah <laughs> No, it, it is now, really how far back did you go? Did uh, you actually track back through generations? Yes, I went as far as 1790. When 1790, okay. Yeah, when my great, 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 great grandmother, <laughs> a 
apparently she mm-hmm. uh, she moved from Staffordshire to Derbyshire, which is quite a way in those days. But I think she must have gone by horse to marry my great 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 grandfather. <laughs> you know? um, her name, <laughs> yes, her name was Hannah, Hannah Mather, and mm-hmm. that was <laughs> that was where I got the name from. Ah, all right. That's kind of fun to try to connect to that part of yourself. Yes. What message do you want want readers to take away from the book? Hope. Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I had a divorce after 35 years. And that was extremely traumatic. It really was. And it took me a good five years to get over that. Um, I just felt that he he was being awful to me. And I think um, the fact that I've got over that, I think it is quite good. (laughs) I'm quite pleased with my little self. (laughs) Thinking forward. Um, So you went on, when did you start writing? in all of this, because you've written several books at this point. No, I did it all um, in sort of a two year slot. Two years. Really? Wow. Mm, So was the first one Sea of Red? No, 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 uh, what what if, what if? That was my first one. Was your first one? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Sea of Red follows on. Then came? Well, the, the one that I did about the fishermen was, a friend of mine over on the island, um, on the Isle of Wight, uh, he he was losing his sight. He was due to diabetes and he was losing mm-hmm. his sight. And I said, I'd write his life story. So this I did for him. Um, so, I mean, that is, that's quite a good book, actually. But so is, so is um, Sea of Red. That's quite funny, actually. That tells the story of uh, someone I knew that I was extremely fond of, that I met in 2017, sort of five years after my husband left. And uh, I thought I'd fallen in love with him. And uh, it turned out he had ladies all over the place. And (laughs) yes, definitely. I mean, he was very handsome, um, very blonde, very tall. Um, he had it all and uh, unfortunately as I say he had a lot of ladies all over the place uh, running after him <laughs> but it took me 11 months before <laughs> I out you see and <laughs> it, it hurt so I'm afraid I sat down and I wrote a book about him that's a good way to do it. <laughs> get it out. Get it out. Precisely. Rip it down under the pages. Precisely. Put it on <laughs> yes, exactly. paper. I mean, it, it's quite good, actually. It really, it really does. I mean, you sort of come to terms with it quite quickly. Then. <laughs> I love that. Now, the Isle of Wight is significant. Not only did you write about the fishermen, but you also lived there for a time with your husband before you split up. Right. Um, you yeah. you put up a shop there. You opened a shop there. Yes, that's right. That's right. My lovely shop. 
yes, it was called Shea Sands. <laughs> we had a little dog at the time. Shea Sands. <laughs> yes, seriously, that oh. I call Shay because we'd been to Cuba a few times and I loved, um, I loved the name Shay. So that's what we called him. And um, anyway, when I moved over to the island and uh, Gareth stayed in Basingstoke and said he would come over eventually once I'd got the shop up and running. So of course I was over there doing the shop, sorting the house out. We bought a little cottage too. And he used to come over, um, you know, during the week he'd come over and he'd go back the following Tuesday. Um, every week this was, but then I found that he was, uh, he was seeing this woman and it turned out she was someone I'd known for 20 years, which was very hurtful, Ooh. I must say, very hurtful. Uh, so I told him to That's leave. That's very hard. Yeah. I, I just told him to leave and not really thinking, I told him to take the dog as well, thinking he'd go over there and then he'd come straight back because he was staying with friends on over here um but of course what she did clever woman she said oh come and live with me so that was that mm. went to live with her that was that yep so we got a horse and you know so on and so forth mm. yes that is the that that is the, the the hard part of life isn't it these endings that come into our lives yes repeatedly mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yes, we're not. How did you promote these books? Well, I haven't really done it, uh, apart from uh, the fact that the agency that I did the interview with Kate, and of course yourself, um, and that's it, I'm afraid. I am trying oh, well. at, at the moment to um, give an interview to someone I know on the island and. Uh, He's going to put it on YouTube, etc., to try and um, get some more more sales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you like to see happen? Oh, I'd like lots of sales, of course. <laughs> of course, I would. <laughs> That's what I have, have you? Are you still on? Yeah, are you still on lockdown in England or in, in the UK? No, 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 no. We're not. No, no. No, we do wear masks when we. So now yeah. you have. Okay. Uh, now, so you could book speaking engagements. You could get out and meet people as a way of improving your sales as well. Oh yes, yes, of course, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, my leg will allow it. <laughs> I have terrible arthritis in my left leg, and I've got to have a re knee replacement. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, so until you have that done, yes, yes, it is. But by then you'll be very good at Zoom. You can also meet that people via true. Zoom. That is very true. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yes, you I know. Mean, I, I mean, sometimes I say, "Do as I say, not as I do." However, true. the idea of talking to small groups, women who've been in yes. your situations, yes. who have a little club or you know, or organization. And once speakers could do a Zoom meeting and you yes. could all talk. Yes, of course. Yes. yes. So it's there are yeah, yeah. Where, where there's a will, there's a way Definitely. to get it out. So 
So aside from your knee replacement, what's next, Alexandra? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I may go back to the island. I may go back and live on the island. Um, I mean, I am quite elderly now. I am 74. And I don't know, perhaps, um, perhaps I will meet somebody. Who knows? I love the island. Actually. Now, that's a distinct possibility. <laughs> Yes. There are always yes. lovely men there. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming and spending some time with us, Alexandra. This is, you know, it's been very nice to chat with you and, and you. to share your situations throughout life that you've captured in your books. I think that's, it's very special. And for people who are going through similar situations, it's good to see how you handled it and how they, you know, how you've gotten through it. Yes, of course. Yes, it is. Yes, I think so. Yes, I think so. I think and also, yeah. I'd also like to thank our listeners as well. Um, we've been talking with Alexandra Mather about a few of her books, The Sea of Red, Fisherman on the Isle of Wight, and What If, the last being a memoir. So thank you again, Alexandra. We appreciate your time, taking your time to be with us. And as we close out today's call, I'd like to ask if you are the person whose dreams have been beaten down by life circumstances. I invite you to rekindle them and see what they have become out of your current life experiences. You can DM me on Facebook. That's direct message me. Facebook, Susan Shereko. And I have a few slots available in a small group that I've, I've been working with um, where you can discover what's emerging for you in the next steps. So thank you all. This has been a great, great opportunity to visit. That's all for this program. Have a great day. And be safe, be well, be happy. <laughs> thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.